You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Write that down. Write that down. I, I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that. Then. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Gentlemen. Write that down. Gentlemen. How are you, Phil Mackey? We're baseballing right now. We're Judd Today's Howard. a great day. This is a great sports time. Four, yeah. four game day, though. I love the four game day. Yeah, well, you get the four game day into college football tomorrow, into NFL Sunday, mm-hmm. and... NBA preseason into regular season, NHL yeah. season started. I mean, it's like this is the holy grail of just everything converging right now. I wouldn't say it's the Potatoes, best sports man. month necessarily, <laughs> but it's it's very exciting. Uh, we have write it down. You like writing things down? A write that down segment to dive into here. Johnny K on Timberwolves in like thirty minutes and the football hour, the accountability session. Let's start with it. It hasn't been kind to Judd lately. <laughs> I hope it got better. Let's find out. Judd Judd predicted Jose Barrios would win at least 20 games this year. I did not. That might have been a forced home run segment. No, I did. Oh, yes, it was. Okay. Yes, I did that. Yes, I did. I was going to say, (laughs) unless I was doing a lot of of drugs that Thursday night, I don't remember that one. Way too positive for it. If we we should do a different game where we put write that down predictions in a hat, and then you have to decide who predicted them. And you know if it's for that positive, you can just rule Judd out. Unless it was a forced home run. Uh, this is more like it for Judd. You said Ryan Suter won't make it back in time for the beginning of the season with that gruesome leg injury. Okay, but I was right. He shouldn't have played last night. But he did. Okay, that's the Wilds. You know, once again, I'm right, and the team's wrong. What did he? I didn't watch any of that game. What did he look like? Did he have a crutch? Didn't look was he out there with an actual crutch? He looked like a shell of the player that he should be. But he's trying to play. When when he played, just quickly, his first game that he played no, was, take your time. was the preseason game last Thursday. And post-game, he finally came out to talk to us, and he basically limped out. Did he have a walker? Did Sid he land him? He was limping out. So And, and with... What he broke, I'm not surprised. But yeah, this could be tough. And it wasn't just that hockey walk that no, no, this was have. A, this was a, an actual limp. Yep, hockey players and uh, rodeo bull riders always walk the same way. You know, like they've got the sort of bowed leg thing. And then Judd predicted that Fernando Rodney will have at least eight blown saves. He had seven. No, oh, no! I got bleeped. <laughs> Oh, laugh all you want. Most of those were probably in April, too, right? Yeah, a lot of them were. He had like four in April or something. And he never and he never had to save a game for the A's, right? Uh, he didn't have any saves. He did. Well, he had a. He, he You can have blown saves in the eighth. Okay. So I think he had a blown save or two for the A's, but he never had a save for the A's. Okay. Uh, and they took him out after he went bonkers in that wild card game, and they took him out in like the seventh. But um, all right, contributors. Let's see. Chris Long predicted JD Martinez would lead the majors in home runs this year. Uh, Chris Davis from Oakland yep. led the major leagues in home runs. Little guy. And uh, Patrick Royce in an impromptu, I believe it was the uh, 3M was. championship. He made an impromptu appearance on 
on our show for Write That Down. And we said, you can't stumble into our show during this segment and not make a prediction. And he said, ah, Dozier will hit uh, 14 home runs with the Dodgers. He had five, and he was terrible. I've got a pending like, what, 185 or something like that. I've got a pending Dozier prediction as well. For today? No, no, no. That I That's oh. going to come off the board following yeah. the uh, playoffs. Well, well, Kirk Gibson? I, predict- I know your prediction was that he would win World Series MVP or something. Yeah, I right? was not going to. NLCS MVP? Yeah, it's another bad prediction. Uh, let's see. I said the Vikings would be called for a leading with the helmet 15-yard penalty in the fourth quarter of a one-score game in September. <laughs> they were called for that, yes. but it wasn't in the fourth quarter of a one-score game. <laughs> I don't enough. think, anyways. Uh, yeah. I said Giancarlo Stanton would hit 62 bombs. <laughs> that wasn't even a forced home run segment. <laughs> I just thought he would, in Yankee Stadium, I thought he would, did he even hit 40? Well, he really struggled to start the season, so. He did, He definitely didn't uh, hit 62. He, he, didn't, he didn't hit 40, I don't think. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Pressure got to him. But we have a home run. A home run. I told you before the season that Ryan Presley, I said he would have a career season in these categories would prove it. Okay. 70 plus innings, an ERA below three, and a strikeout rate above nine strikeouts per nine. All of those things, like he's, he had never done all of those all? things in one season. And he did all of that. All right, that's a definite home he, run. I, he, wasn't, he wasn't there with the Twins, but he was untouchable with the Astros in the last month or two of the season to get him to beat those numbers. So, all right. A home run for, uh, for the Presley prediction. And then the listeners had a bunch of twin stuff come off the board. Dan C. predicted Barrios would end the season with an ERA below 320. The dude predicted Max Kepler would hit at least 22 home runs, which isn't even that high of a bar. Couldn't get there. Yep. Uh, Dan predicted Jake Odorizzi would win between 15 and 20 games. He had seven wins. All of them in April, basically. And uh, Matt Z predicted Brian Dozier would hit 40 bombs and finish top five in MVP voting. But our listeners made up for their terrible predictions by the dude saying the Twins would start fewer than 20 pitchers this year. They started 17. I don't even know where that prediction came from. Uh, Mike S said Logan Forsyth would have a better average than Brian Dozier after the trade. And it wasn't even close. Anders predicted that Josh Hader would have more strikeouts than Phil Hughes has innings pitched this year. That wasn't close either. Nice. Yeah. And uh, Brian said Kyle Gibson would have a lower ERA than Lance Lynn. That's pretty good. So there we go. Uh, So updated batting averages and slugging percentages. Judd's horrible second half continues. You're down to 241 and slugging 440. Uh Uh-huh. Still time left this year. I have passed you. I'm at 254 and slugging 447. Uh, let's see, the contributors, like Manny and company, are hitting... Well, you're a contributor, even though you're a part of the show. But we're just mm-hmm. putting you in the contributor bin here. Sure. Uh, 240 with a 613 slugging percentage. So, very Josh Holy Willingham-like. Dave Kingman right there. And listeners are all the way up mm. to 222 in slugging 429. And write that down. So Write it down. You like writing things down. All right, let's I make our weekly... can't believe that Rodney one didn't come out. <laughs> That's such... So close. If you, would, if you would have stuck with the Twins, he for sure would have blown an eighth save. Oh, sure. Do I start? Yep. All right. Um, The next manager of the Twins will be Jace Tinger, the guy that that we talked about from the Rangers, who was an outfield coach for the Rangers until Thad Levine left, at which point Thad was replaced, I guess, by three guys to be assistant GMs, and Jace became an assistant GM with the Rangers. He will be, he's the type of off-the-map, younger type of guy who will be the Twins' next 
manager to replace Molitor. So I'm going with Jace Tinger to replace Paul. How old is he? He's 37, I think. I looked up a couple days ago. Okay. Write this down. Manny? The Minnesota Wild will make a major trade during this season before. Like, major trade. Not just a tweak. You want to throw some names out? We need, yeah, we need a little more. This is a little bit like when I said, by the end of the year, Carl Anthony Towns will be the man. We need we need something quantifiable. Put some seasoning on this one. Charlie Coyle. They're okay. gonna trade they're gonna trade Charlie Coyle okay. before the trade deadline. Okay. So you Judd has that on the board too, but that's like I got a bunch a, of guys. Just Eric a Stahl. <laughs> I got everyone being traded <laughs> if you can trade them. Charlie Coyle will be traded by okay. Minnesota Wild this season. All right. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right, write this down. I got a hold of some gopher Kool-Aid before jumping uh, in the studio here, gentlemen. I'm really surprised by this. Who hates Iowa? We hate Iowa. <laughs> All right? The Gophers, it's a parlay. The Gophers will beat Iowa tomorrow. Yep. yep. And Zach Anikstad and Seth Green will account for at least four combined touchdowns, throwing or passing. I'm going to so catch you next week. 28. I'm going to catch you next week. Yes! 28 wow. points or more against Iowa. Thank you. In wow. a home victory. That's... Row the boat. That's right. That, write that is, this down. Write swinging. it down. You like writing things down. That is swinging for the fences, Phil. Take a home Roll run. the ball. After that, whatever we saw in Maryland a couple of weeks ago. I'm feeling pretty good here, gentlemen. Got a couple. Of I like the fact that you're getting confident because it's going to yeah. allow me to catch you very quickly. <laughs> All right, back to Judd. Well, prediction number two, I'll stay on baseball. Brian Dozier will get a one-year contract from a team for 2019. I'm not predicting when because I, I think he actually is going to try and get a multi-year deal and thus be around when spring training starts. But I think Brian Dozier... He's the type of guy, and he's coming off a terrible year for the most part. He will get a one-year contract for 2019. You going to put a price tag on it? No, 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 Below no. Below no. ten million. Well, he's yeah, gonna, he, but I'm just going to say, but I'm. I think he's. I think he thinks being Doge, I'm going to hit the market, and I'll still get somebody. And I think people are going to say, no, we'll pass. Thanks. I, Bye. I, I can't imagine he thinks that anymore, though. Even him. I mean, there's he's a pretty positive guy. Boy, he wound up with only. "Quote unquote" for him, 22, 21, 22 homers. He batted like two fifteen. So he was brutal with, with the Dodgers after hitting what two home runs in the first two games, right? Yeah. He was brutal. Write that down. I, I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that then. The Minnesota Twins this winter will sign someone. Will sign a free agent to a one hundred million dollar contract. Ooh. Okay. A little certain someone you want to tell us a name? I'm not sure who. <laughs> Is it someone who shares a name with you, perhaps? That would be probably three times as much. Probably as... about three times that, yeah. <laughs> Manny Machado, Manny Hill. But, uh, yes, the Twins will sign someone this winter All right. to a $100 million contract. Right, so nine figures. They tried last year. They tried. With they tried. Thank yeah. God they didn't do it. Yeah. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. The Red Sox win the World Series. I want to be on the record. The Red Sox will win the World Series. It's going to be a gauntlet. The, the American League, I feel like the American League is the World Series this year. Yeah. <laughs> and, and baseball's odd. Things can happen. But Astros, Red Sox, uh, I mean, the Indians are probably not going to win this series. But even if that Indians pitching staff can somehow get through with... What's our score now? 6-2? Six 6-2. To two? Six Astros? To two. Yep. Mad Yankee bullpen, man. Oh. It's aggressive. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes. It's Ooh. ridiculous. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right. My final write that down for this Friday. I'm going to give you, I believe, a trifecta here. Joe Maurer will have his number retired, get a statue outside Target Field, and have a number seven gate named in his honor at the ballpark. Time so, time frame on this. So Joe Maurer will. It's gonna. It's this is all gonna unfold o- over a little bit of time because okay. I don't, don't think they do a, a three for one at once. Okay. 
But Joe Maurer, when it's all said and done, will have the number seven retired and hanging from the left field area. Get a statue outside of Target Field, a Joe statue, and there will be a number seven gate in his honor at Target Field. Write this down. I think Sunday is going to be really, really rough for the Purple in Philadelphia. Yeah, you and me both. Kirk Cousins will throw at least three interceptions oh, you didn't. on Sunday. Oh, you withheld this information in hour one. Good job. Wow. Good job, Manny Hill. Wow. Swinging for the fences. That's there, nice. I, you know what? Because I, I disagree. Write it down. You like writing things down. I'm gonna the go Gophers will beat here. the Eagles as well. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Dang it. You saw, you saw my notes. <laughs> Zach Anikstead's going to board a plane to Philadelphia. You saw my notes. Uh, the Vikings will win in Philadelphia, and the Vikings' defense will force at least two turnovers. So we'll get a bounce-back performance from the Vikings' defense, and the Vikings will salvage their season with a win in Philadelphia. Right? Mm-hmm. right. Put that in your write-that-down pipe. Write it down. You like writing things down. <laughs> Smoke it, you negative Nancys. Uh, we're going to get to uh, John Krasinski on Timberwolves in about 10, 15 minutes to get updates on everything in that soap opera and the football hour includes sage rosenfels and matthew collar every friday around this time i have conversations about investing and retirement and making sure that you've got a handle on your finances long term with my friend dale tondrick we call it the friday retirement playbook just a bunch of three-point shooting farm boys out there really? it was they were the golden state warriors before the golden state warriors it was uh. mike d'antoni system <laughs> And I rem- seconds or less. I remember one time before shoot-around, Osseo comes to Buffalo High School to, to play a game. And Buffalo was down. This is a few years before they won uh, the championship. And they used to do this chant. The Osseo fans would all come in on the, on the visitor side of the arena. And yep. they would do this chant like, the stomp, stomp, Osseo, stomp, oh, or whatever it okay. was. And we would they, we would chanting back at him, thinking like, we're going to, you know, he's what, wait till we get. Wait till we throw the ball up in the air, right? And then we saw the warm up period, and they were doing alley oops off the backboard to each other in the warm up period. And you're like, oh, like Buffalo had nobody <laughs> over six foot two, right? <laughs> These dudes are throwing like, like three sixty off the backboard alley oops to each other. Like, all right, you can chant whatever you want. There is yeah. there is yep. nothing that decides a sporting event more than than pregame warm ups in high school basketball or high school anything. High school, anything. Well, I think hockey, football. Hockey oh my doesn't. god, look how big those guys are! But I'm, but but basketball. If teams get out there and start doing alley oops and stuff, oh, yeah. and you're like, yeah. this game's going to be and their over. Entire and starting lineup is all like six five and taller. Yes, and you've got like a bunch of six footers and you're just, just forfeit. Like, just call boys. us. Yeah, <laughs> baseball can be a little bit. I remember one time facing off in I don't know early high school. Some team and everyone had facial hair, and we were like, we can't beat a team with facial hair. This is ridiculous. So yeah. it exists. Seventy two. Yeah. I, I played baseball in seventh grade, and I remember our first game was, and we're all just these little middle schoolers. We're all seventh grade. <laughs> we had a couple eighth graders, but we're all 12, 13 years old. And we get we play this team that's got nothing but eighth graders, and they all look like grown men. And some of them did have facial hair, and it was terrifying. The picture that they put on was like six feet tall, and you know, we're all like five, six. We're kids, oh, yeah. you know? And it was just terrifying. And they beat us like 19 to 2 or something. Big arms, too. Oh, yeah. The developed arms. Just huge. I'm always like, that's a bad sign. (laughs) Yeah. You're big, I'm not. Your arms are huge. We see them warming up and like taking infield and everything. And our coach comes over and says, all right, now they look pretty good, right? (laughs) You guys just play play hard. Just play your best. (laughs)
And we got beat like 19 to 2. Oh, my yeah. God. Should have gone to the bar. Hey, kids, I'm going to head to the bar. Uh, you uh, you uh, run, run the game yourself. Yeah. We had, we had a high school coach in baseball tell us one time, and um, we had like we we had a I don't know we had a decent team one year in high school and we went to go play was it Totino Grace and they were top ten in the state according to the Star Tribune we we weren't ranked but we thought like we went toe to toe with them last year and we're gonna go into there we just got smoked ten to one like it was like we're gonna show the, the we're gonna show the whole state that we're the team to beat in the conference right we just got destroyed and this is high school baseball yeah and this and our coach our head coach or manager whatever you call him. Sits us down every game. We debrief in the outfield before we hop on the bus, and he sits us all down. He's got the fungal bat on his shoulder, and we're just demoralized because we just got smoked, just got ran out of the field. And he looks at us and he goes, "Well, I'm not going to let a bunch of seventeen year olds ruin my night." Get on the bus. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> See, that's the guy that's got not his priorities straight. Seventeen year olds ruin my night. Wow. Right. He was exactly yeah, was right. right. Yeah. Yep. Is Jimmy leaving? Can Tibbs let him go? These are the days of our wolves. It's all fluid. You know, we'll, we'll take it day by day. A day you have in mind where he needs to show up and he's still on the roster? No. For clarity's sake, I mean, you could be fining him, but you're choosing not to? Yeah, we're just, you know, we're trying to do what's best for the team. And... Uh, and so we're focused on the guys that are here. I think that's the important part. Um, and obviously, you know, and we're trying to get something done. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll approach it as it comes. How do you feel about the ongoing discussions? Um, they're ongoing. <laughs> Is Jimmy leaving? Can Tibbs let him go? These are the days of our wolves. Oh my god. And they are ongoing. Yeah. He can't really I almost feel a little bad, a little bad for Tom Thibodeau at this point cuz he can't, he can't let go of Jimmy Butler unless he's playing some chess game above all of our heads and he's milking the Miami Heat for every he's going to wind up with Olinick and Richardson and no. Justice Winslow in a draft pick. No, that's not. Chris Haynes. He reported this about oh, about an hour ago now, Phil. Is this breaking news or development? Well, it's just it's 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 kind of a development that the Wolves. I'll just read it for you because I read it for Judd last hour. Chris Haynes from Yahoo Sports. The Minnesota Timberwolves and Los Angeles Clippers have had ongoing discussions about a trade centered around All Star forward Jimmy Butler. League sources told Yahoo Sports the Timberwolves' asking price has been deemed too high thus far, with multiple players and picks being requested, sources said. In any deal with the Clippers, Minnesota would prefer to acquire forward Tobias Harris, sources said. Uh, Various trade packages have been proposed on both sides, but the Clippers do not intend to trade Harris. Uh, The Timberwolves brass hasn't fully engaged the the Clippers' pitches, uh, sources said, because it is believed that President of Basketball Operations and head coach Tom Thibodeau is holding out hope that he can persuade Butler to rescind his trade request. Is Jimmy leaving? Can Tibbs let him go? These are the days of our wolves. Where the hell is Glenn Taylor? 
All right. Has has anyone? Ha, no, I have no idea. Has has Glenn Taylor spoken at all publicly about any of this? No, he other is than not. just like the things you're hearing reportedly behind the scenes. He is not. Glenn, the what the hell heard, are you doing? The only thing we've heard from Glenn was the Board of Governors thing a couple of weeks ago, where they were we heard the report that he basically said, "Talk to me for trade request." Right, but that wasn't on the record. That that, that was that was leaked stuff that he gave. I'm, I'm sure right. to Woj. But other than that, we've heard can nothing we, from him. Can we please do this? I've got to get get rich or, or at least creative scheme. Can we commission a play at a local th- theater about this? About this whole thing? Chan Hassan Dinner Theater? Yes. Tibbs. You got Tibbs, Butler, Glenn. Yeah. It's perfect. What was the, um, what were, what were the, uh, they're not 30 for 30s, but ESPN would do the, um, well, what was the one? The shorts? Uh, yeah, the, the they were like 30 for 30. Like vignettes. Like, yeah, but they were like 10 minutes long. Herschel Walker one. Yeah. Yeah. They should do something on this. Oh, the, you need more than 10 minutes for this thing. If you really want to, I mean, you, really, 90 minute, you need like a five-part series on because this Because this all goes, this is this would essentially be a, a Glenn Taylor 30 for 30, which would go all the way back 20 years. What if I told you? That Tom Thibodeau did not want to let go of his stuff. No, he's talking about like the Joe Smith contract, though. Yeah, this oh, whole, just the entire Wolves history. I'm yeah. saying the Glenn Taylor. Every, history. Yeah. Glenn Taylor has led us all to this point in time where, and, and this is a good transition because we're going to get to John Krasinski from the Athletic. In fact, we should just do that. But just to, to finish my point, <laughs> what I don't understand is, do the Wolves have any leverage right now? What what the the only leverage they have is if if two teams are bidding against each other, because everyone in the world knows that Jimmy ain't going to. Unless unless Jimmy is for some reason going to come play the first game of the season, I think they have a little bit on Miami if Miami wants Jimmy bad enough because Miami can't go and sign him in free agency next. Summer. But if Miami but waits him out, any, they don't have any leverage on the Clippers. But let's say let's just say let's this say. is happening. Miami says, "Well, this is the trade that we want," and Tom Thibodeau says, "Well, no, this is the trade that we want," and Miami would say, "Okay, well, who are we bidding against?" And if the answer is, "Well, nobody," then why would Miami? They're bidding against Tibbs. But why would Miami? Yeah, well, yeah, he's sabotaging himself. <laughs> I don't know. Let's talk to John Krasinski <laughs> <Yeah>. about this. <laughs> Jimmy, don't go. Make this stuff up, man. Jimmy, Mackie and Judd with Manny from the TCL Broadcast Studios, live from the TCL Broadcast Studios. Please keep working during the following announcement. Mackie and Judd are back on fifteen hundred ESPN. It's all fluid. You know, we'll, we'll take it day by day. A date you have in mind where he needs to show up if he's still on the roster? No. For clarity's sake, I mean, you could be finding him, but you're choosing not to? Yeah, we're just, you know, we're trying to do what's best for the team. And, uh, and so we're focused on the guys that are here. I think that's the important part. Uh, and obviously, you know, and we're trying to get something done. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll approach it as it comes. How do you feel about the ongoing discussions? Uh, they're ongoing. <laughs> oh my God, so so awkward. Ongoing right. conversations. Johnny Krasinski from the Athletic. We were we were just talking about this before the commercial break, Johnny. So I'm I'm asking, what is the Wolves' leverage right now? If so, Jimmy Butler is sitting out, so that's that's a point against the Wolves. Jimmy Butler is going to be a free agent, so that's a point against the Wolves. Uh, the owner is is saying behind the scenes, Glenn Taylor, that he wants a deal done. So that's a point against the Wolves. Other than teams bidding against each other, what is the Wolves' leverage right now? 
Well, yeah, I think their their main leverage, Phil, is that Jimmy Butler's really, really good. And and so when you have a player that talented, there's going to be other teams that want to get in. And especially, I think, when you talk about either the Miami Heat or the Houston Rockets, two teams that will not have the cap space to sign him next July, um, the only way to get him on their roster is to acquire him via trade and then have his bird rights and be able to sign him back um, yourself next uh, next July. So um, so that's their leverage. Now, it, there, there's no question they're in an incredibly difficult position from a negotiating standpoint, uh, w- you know, with the timing of this, with kind of everyone knowing that it's really an untenable situation. Um, but uh, I, I think, as what it, you know, if, with a player as talented as Jimmy Butler is, you're always going to have at least a little bit of leverage to hold on to. Odds, Johnny, that Butler ends up not being traded by opening night and actually is wearing a Wolves jersey on that evening against the San Antonio Spurs in San Antonio. Yeah, I'm not a uh, gambler, Judd, at all, but um, I wouldn't bet on that. I I think that, you know, I I do believe Tom Thibodeau and what he was saying today that they're trying to get something done. I know that discussions are ongoing um, with several teams trying to get something done, and and so I, I don't think that uh, anybody really believes that the, the best-case scenario here would be for Jimmy Butler to, uh, to come back to this team and to be here in the locker room on the court opening night, that they'd like to get some sort of finality and, and get this addressed if they can get the right pieces. Now, the one thing, another thing, you know, getting back to Phil's question about leverage is, you know, one thing that is well-known across the league right now is that Tom Thibodeau is one of the more stubborn executives, coaches out there. And so if there is one guy who would bring Jimmy back and, and not really worry about some of the other ramifications of that, I think Tom is, is, is one of those guys. And I think other teams are starting to believe that as well, as much as they want to play chicken with him and, and, and have a staring contest. I mean, Tom's been pretty effective in, in starting to relay that, that he, could see that scenario but me um from the outside looking at this my guess and my bet is is that jimmy butler will be traded johnny how much of this too is just tibbs if like let's hypothetically say okay he's having these conversations with pat riley or they're they're talking with the miami heat about a potential deal how much of this is just tibbs just asking for way too much versus you know pat riley not really wanting to give up anything and get jimmy butler for basically a bunch of bad contracts yeah i mean i think we've seen a little bit of both of that manny right now is that you know or, you know in the first week or so of the negotiations especially i mean teams are coming forward with garbage offers yeah. and and tibbs was saying no i'm not going to do that now you know they he may have asked for the moon and the stars uh back from other teams and and so um, there may be some frustration there. But I do think, like, it, you know, if that did happen and with some of those things that were going on, I do think that's an effort on Tibbs' part, on the Wolves' part, to try and gain back a little bit of, of negotiating power in this whole thing. I mean, they are, they have their backs up against the wall. And, and, and this is a very tough situation for anybody to try to negotiate a, you know, a, a reasonable deal from. And so they, I think, have been taking a hard line um, on some of these negotiations to try and send a message to teams to be serious with their offers. And some of the teams have said, you know, that's ridiculous and 
you know, we're not going to go go forward with it. And 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 so um, the Timberwolves have said, okay, we'll move on to the next one. Teams like Miami, like Houston, like the Clippers have hung around and tried to continue negotiations and keep them going. So um, it you know it's been frustrating and maddening for a lot of teams. There's no question about it. But um, they're still they're still having talks because Jimmy Butler is really good and and they still want to find a way to get him. Well, because I'm I'm looking at Pat Riley in this particular situation and saying, okay, obviously you want to get Jimmy Butler, but you got to be willing to give up something of value. Right. Like you can't just send over your you know three bad contracts and think you're going to get Jimmy Butler in return. You've got to be willing to part with. I understand not wanting to part with a Josh Richardson and a Bam Adebayo, but you got to be. It seems like you got to be willing to part with one of those guys. Absolutely, a hundred percent. And you know, like, yeah, if you, you may start out with saying, "Hey, you can have Deion Waiters and Tyler Johnson," Ugh. and and that's it. And that's obviously not going to get the deal done. But Ugh. that you know is what some of teams have thought because they they look at the Wolves as in an incredibly weak position. You know, in terms of the public nature of the way this is all played out, I think the knowledge around the league that there are some players in the locker room that don't get along with Jimmy Butler all that well. Um, you, know, you know, Tom Thibodeau's kind of tenuous hold on things right now. That's all playing in. And so, you know, these, these, you know, um, these, these executives aren't going to feel bad for Tibbs. They're not going to say, man, this is a tough spot you're in, Tibbs. Here, let me give you a little bit more because I, because I feel bad for you. That's not going to happen. They're going to try and take advantage of the situation. Right. And so then it's up to the Wolves to really say, no, 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 we're not going to let you do that and, and try and hold the line as much as they can. Johnny Krasinski from The Athletic. You can read and subscribe to all of his wonderful Wolves content. How would you characterize the current relationship between Cat and Tibbs? Um. Like, you know, I was lucky enough to get a a one-on-one with Cat right after he signed his contract extension, and and I asked him that very question. It's just like, you know, what you do is you hear Cat really praising Flip Saunders all the time and Mm -hmm. being effusive in that praise. And the the way that he kind of talks about Tibbs is in a much more measured tone. And and so I don't think what he said to me was like, hey, look, it's clear that we don't see eye to eye on everything. But what we do have is a mutual respect for one another and understand that both of us want to really win. And so I do think that that's the case. Like, I don't think Cat hates Tibbs. I don't think that he's openly lobbying for him to get fired or anything like that. But I do think that... They're, you know, they're not quite on the same page yet. They, I think they both have their own kind of set ideas on what they think um, is the best approach to be the most successful. And, and both of them are sort of dug in on their sides right now. And if this thing is going to have a chance to last long term in terms of a Tibbs and Cat kind of partnership, both of them are probably going to have to compromise a little bit on, on their stances and and try and meet more in the middle. And so far, neither one have really kind of shown any inclination to do that. Johnny, where does this Butler thing now rate among a Wolves dysfunction yeah. that, that you have covered in your uh, in your career following this this poor, poor franchise? Yeah, yeah, it's up there, man. And, and that is saying something. I mean, this is a this is a, a franchise that is steeped in dysfunction and mishaps and bad luck and and misfortune and all of these other things and. Um, and mistakes and, and things. And so, but this is right near the top. There's no doubt. I mean, you have, you know, kind of conflicting information in terms of what the owner wants versus what the, the president wants. You have 
um, the, 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 the president of basketball operations, the main guy, the guy he brought in to kind of usher in a new era of Timberwolves basketball has really stabbed him right in the, right in the throat, not in the back, right in the throat, looked him right in the eyes and said, I want out of here. It's a mafia and head. Now, mm-hmm. Yeah. And now you have all of these other, you know, people, um, you know, just kind of really frustrated with the whole situation and just saying, come on, man, let's like, let's, let's have a real conversation and get, get something done. And, and, and it's kind of stagnated. And, and so whenever this kind of comes to fruition one way or the other, um, there will be a book that could be written about it. There's no question. There's no question about it. Yeah. I mean, is Jimmy Butler just a bad leader? I don't think he's no. I don't think he's a bad leader. Because um, sorry, think- sorry to cut you. I, I just let me spew something, and you can tell me if I'm an idiot. Because he came in the league after Derrick Rose was an MVP, so he he got declined Derrick Rose. Carl Anthony Towns is the best player he's ever been with in his entire career, and it's odd to me that those guys are are oil and water. And I'm not saying mm-hmm. it's a hundred percent on Jimmy. I'm sure there's some there's some for Carl Anthony Towns to grow and. It just feels like to hit the eject button on a guy that, if you're smart, you could try to make it work for five or six years out of your prime, and it feels like a really good partnership on paper, and he just wants out. It's weird. Yeah, no, it's, uh, well, I mean, you look at it right now, and, and the track record for Jimmy is not great in terms of that regard, because in Chicago, he clashed with the young guys, and it didn't really work that way and ruffled the, some feathers that way. Um, you know, he got along with a lot of vets. Here... He he's not on the same page with some of the young guys, some of the really important young guys, and and it's not going well. Um, now he does have some other people firmly in his corner. Jeff Teague today firmly in his corner. I think Tyus Jones is firmly in his corner in terms of like just respecting the way that he goes about things. But he does have a style that is abrasive and 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 doesn't sit well with with some people. But um, but yeah, I mean ultimately, you know to kind of be pulling the uh the eject handle on the on the plane one year after you've been here when you do have a lot of young talent around you when you are playing for a coach that you say you love and and really respect i mean it, it that, that's a concerning look for jimmy butler there's there's no two ways about that johnny where is uh, glenn taylor in all of this right now and is there a point that you that you have been told and, and or think that he's going to to put his foot down eventually and say tom you didn't do it so now i will and make the trade himself well i i do think that glenn for the most part through this process you know even though we did hear about the conflicting information when he was at the board of governors and telling people that if you don't have any luck with with Scott Layden and Tom Thibodeau come to me and we'll try and get things done. Um, you know, after that, I think that he's been trying very hard to come to some sort of agreement where they where where Tibbs and, and Layden are accepting of it. I, I think that he doesn't want to have to make a unilateral move here. He wants some kind of consensus. And, and so that's what he's been trying to do. And I think, um, that's maybe why things have been slow to to develop here. But you also have to remember that when you're trading an all-star like this, it, this process takes time. The the Kyrie Irving trade took six weeks. The the Kawhi Leonard trade took a couple of months almost yeah. to get done. I mean, these things take time. And so, um, yeah, I think you know, the closer we get to the regular season starting, the maybe the more the the firmer that that Glenn will have to be in sort of 
setting up his marching orders, but he also wants to be as open as possible so that the Wolves don't get fleeced in, in some type of a deal, too. So it's a tough position to be in. Yep. Well, uh, good luck with the rest of this soap opera. <laughs> yeah, have fun, we'll Johnny. See what happens in the next, well, two weeks until the, the season begins. Less than two weeks until the season yeah. begins. For my sanity, I'm hoping it happens sooner than that, but we'll, uh, we'll just have to see what happens. It yeah. won't. It's the Wolves. You're Sorry, right. Johnny. Right. All right. Talk to you. See, you, see you, Johnny. John Krasinski from The Athletic. Uh, let's, there's so many things to circle back on that. We'll, we'll come back and do those things. Uh, Brewers are up one nothing right now. There's a bunch of Brewers fans in the Twin Cities. Brewers up one nothing on the Rockies right now in the fourth. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios, Mackie and Judd are back. Come on, there's so much to do. On 1500 ESPN. All right, let's check on your traffic here. It's brought to you by Better Business Bureau, uh, 169 northbound. Uh, we have a crash adding about nine minutes to your commute if you're headed that way. Uh, between 63rd Avenue North and 94, that's near New Hope. So be on the lookout for a crash there. Also, 694 westbound, uh, about a six-minute delay. That's because of a crash in Arden Hills between uh, Highway 10 and North Snelling uh, and, and Hamlin Avenue. So be on the lookout for that. Join Better Business Bureau at the Torch Awards for Ethics. BBB's Torch Award embodies Better Business Bureau's mission of advancing trust in the marketplace. 14 businesses will be honored at U.S. Bank Stadium October 24th. Purchase tickets at bbb.org slash Minnesota. All right. Thank you, Manny. We're going to circle back on a couple things John Krasinski said about the ongoing Jimmy Butler Timberwolves drama. Uh, But all week long, we've been previewing and discussing the Medtronic Twin Cities Marathon festivities. The weekend is upon us here. So Mike Logan president of twin cities in motion uh, a how are you and uh, b update our listeners now that now that friday has arrived what uh, what's going on hey guys uh i'm tired but energized at the same time um it is upon us and uh, we're ready uh, the Twin Cities uh, Marathon Expo open today, and uh, we're we're up and running. People are picking up their packets, and they're getting ready to run tomorrow and Sunday. Awesome. So um, I know you floated this to us, and I want to know more about the 20 runners who run using medical technology. What is that medical technology? Right. So our uh, premier sponsor, Medtronic, they have a group of runners called the Medtronic Global Champions. These are individuals from 13 countries from around the world, including the United States, all of which have some form of medical device technology implanted or on them. So insulin pumps, cardiac devices, that sort of thing. And they're either running our marathon or 10 mile come Sunday. So tell us about, because we we all know that the race is on Sunday, but the events tomorrow as well with what? We got the 10K and 5K on Saturday. Right, 10K, 5K, uh, one mile, and then the toddler trot and diaper dash are our Saturday events. There'll be about 8,000 people participating tomorrow, and the weather is looking good for both days. So we are excited about that, too. Awesome, awesome. Uh, any, other, any other things that the people should be aware of or things that we didn't cover this week that you want to tell our audience here for the, the exciting weekend? Yeah, you know, it's going to be a really fun pro weekend, so I, I just encourage people to keep an eye out. There's two really cool storylines going on there. Uh, two runners from Kenya in the women's race, the marathon. Jane Kabi uh, is attempting to be the first woman to win the Twin Cities Marathon, the Tronic Twin Cities Marathon, three times in a row. Wow. And on the men's side, uh, Elisha Barno, also of Kenya. He won Grandma's Marathon four straight times, but he's been a runner-up in our race 
three straight times uh, to a guy named Dominic Enduro, who set the course record several years ago. Uh, he's not running this year. So this is uh, Elisha's opportunity to really go for it. Awesome. Hey, Mike, it's been a great week, and we're looking forward to the weekend, the uh, Medtronic Twin Cities Marathon weekend. Thanks for uh, all your insight this week. Been fun talking to you guys. I uh, hope you have a great one, and come out. Watch the, watch the race. Right on. All right. Awesome, Take Mike. care. See you, man. Take care, guys. Mike Bye. Logan, the president of Twin Cities in Motion. Uh, Brewers uh, up one nothing still here on the Rockies in the bottom of the fourth with a runner on second base. So Johnny K told us, before we get to the football hour, that he believes a deal will get done before opening night, which is in less than two weeks for the Timberwolves. It's October 17th, I believe. Yep. And I'm just wondering, I keep going back to this, What if, if Jimmy's not, it, the key thing that Johnny said there is, Jimmy's not going to suit up for the Timberwolves. Yep. So if Jimmy's not going to suit up for the Timberwolves, if there's no hope that, hey, hey, we got a deadline. If you don't, if you don't come our way, if I'm the Timberwolves, if you don't come our way, Heat, hey, he's suiting up for us on opening night and that's it. I mean, I guess you're just hoping that that's, that someone gets impatient in the next couple you weeks. Got, Otherwise, if I'm the Heat, I'm in a great spot right now. You mean I can get Jimmy Butler in November? All right. Cool. I said this in hour one, and here's the problem with talking about this, covering it, trying to bring any realistic expertise to it. It's so irrational that we're trying to, and if you're a reporter like Johnny, you're the same way. You're trying to do the deduction on what are the odds that that in a sports sense, business-wise, something is going to or has to happen. But this isn't like that. This is, if this was rational... Jimmy would have been suspended by now. He'd be being fined, and he'd be chomping at the bit. But he's not because he's being because he's being sub, uh, subordinate, right? Insubordinate, I mean, in, yes. I mean, insubordinate. He's being insubordinate. Yeah. But but he's not. And so we're all we're all saying, well, common sense says you need to do this. Well, that's fantastic, but it's not being run by a rational person right now. So we're trying to put the pieces of a puzzle together that don't fit. What percentage of Tom Thibodeau? Or maybe just, let me ask it this way. Do you guys think Tom Thibodeau has at all come to the conclusion or the realization that, okay, the Jimmy Butler era is over. I don't think he has. And now, like, I still have three years left on my contract as the president of basketball operations for this franchise, and I need to do what's best for this franchise's future, because I don't think he's gotten there mentally. I don't think I don't think so either. And I, I don't think, think he's he can. Still, yeah. I, 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 what have I been saying for, for weeks now, Judd, for two weeks since this whole thing started? Yep. That I don't think Tom Thibodeau can objectively handle this situation because he still he I do think that he wants to do what's right for the team and for the franchise, but I think in his mind, what's right for the franchise is keeping Jimmy Butler here and doing whatever he can to convince Jimmy Butler to want to stay here. But what he doesn't understand is that's not possible. That's not going to happen. Jimmy is not going to stay here. And he needs to realize that. And until he realize, I mean, once he realizes that, then I feel like he can be able to get some sort of deal done. But I don't think he realizes yeah. that. Yet. And if he's it, still holding out hope that Jimmy's going to stay, Tibbs, he's not. Yeah. And if it was fixable, again, un- unless, unbeknownst to us, the key figures here, Carl Anthony Towns and Jimmy Butler and Glenn Taylor and Tom Thibodeau, all sat in a room back in June or or after the season was over in May. And I, as far as we know, that never happened. 
if you waited all summer hoping that a toxic situation that was obviously toxic, even from us just watching on TV, mm-hmm. it looked it looked toxic. It was obvious. Right? It was obvious. So if if your first and foremost priority going into the offseason wasn't to fix that immediately, you let it fester all summer, and now you're shocked that Jimmy Butler said, "Well, that festered all summer. I ain't gonna. I ain't going back to that." That's on you. Yep. It's it's a hundred percent. Well, it's on Glenn Taylor, and 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 then it's also on Tom Thibodeau. Show some damn leadership. The only leadership Tom Thibodeau has shown is bringing in an awesome hired mercenary to be the leader, and he's not that. So, so somebody, somebody though leaked to Woj this week that that Butler won't hold out to start the year and will come back, and that's got to be the Wolves, right? Just to try and gain some leverage back, right? Yeah. And, but also, but also with the hope that that's correct. Yeah, Tibbs is willing to alienate Cat. There's no question in my mind. He's willing to alienate Cat if that means he gets his guy back. Yeah, especially now that Cat's already so signed stupid. his contract. Yep. So it's like the only the only thing if if the only thing if Cat is like suddenly gets frustrated, the only thing he can do now is request a trade, and that's like the ultimate nightmare situation. Are we sure the ink dried? The, the ink dried, right? The ink had to dry because they, they did a press. Dried? They did a press release, so it had to have dried. Oh yeah, because I, that, I asked you, you Josh McDaniels do, how that works. You wouldn't do well. You know what? This is the okay. I would hope you wouldn't do a press release unless the ink is dry. <laughs> the, the deadline technically isn't. This for could blow. 10 days, but so, this, I mean, this has if that ink wasn't dry. This has a potential in the next two weeks to blow sky high. Uh, the football hour is coming up. Sage Rosenfels will join us. In fact, when we come back, let's pose a question that Judd actually posed on our website in column form. When we get Matthew in here, can the Vikings recapture the magic of last year? That's what they're hoping to do this weekend, at least. If, well, if it doesn't happen this weekend, it better happen quickly after this weekend. So we'll get, we'll get to that.